Every year I know we gonna go hard. We been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will all right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Lombardi's Legends Podcast. Dane here, as always, with my good friend and co-host, Andrew Wags Wagner. Wags, what's up? Let's talk about one of my favorite position groups uh, of any, any group. Uh, it's the defensive line group. The NFL draft is coming up in short order here. Uh, and we're going to be talking about some of the, the top performers from college football that are eligible for the draft of the defensive line position today. We're not talking edge. We're not talking pass rushers. We're talking about those guys that put their hands in the dirt consistently up front today. And uh, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great, man. And yeah, I'm excited to get into the first of uh, several draft previews. Draft, of course, coming up at the end of the month here in April. And uh, so I think it's perfect time for us to start digging into this kind of a quiet week in free agency, not just for the Packers, but I think uh, across the NFL. So um, although I expect that we'll still probably make another move or two there to fill out this roster. Um, I think it's time to get in the draft. And Dane, we've got, um, obviously, Kenny Clark is the standout impact guy uh, in this uh, position group and uh, went out and uh, got Taryn Reed in free agency. Um, uh, certainly, uh, he's someone that we project if he stays healthy to be starting next to Kenny Clark and uh, returning Dean Lowry. Um, he had maybe his best year as a Packer last year. And so um, although we don't necessarily need to add, I, I think just looking at the Packers front office and their MO, uh, a lot of times it seems like the last few years we've gone out and gotten that free agent for that one or two year short-term deal, and then went and and drafted someone pretty high at that same position group. Think back to uh, cornerback, think back to uh, linebacker, think back to edge, especially Uh, a few years ago when we went out and got the Smiths and uh, still drafted Rashawn Gary high in the first round. So um, it's not going to be a shock to me if the Packers with five picks in the first three rounds use one of those on this defensive line. So, um, and, and then of course we think uh, we'll get a more probably of an expanded role from TJ Slayton and uh, Jack Heflin was on the 53 man roster all last year too. So those guys are going to be battling for not only a position on the roster, but, but for some snaps, uh, I think going into next season. Uh, but um, that said, Dane, any other thoughts on the, kind of where we stand, the the state of the defensive line position group or why it might make sense for the Packers to target a guy uh, with one of those top five picks with this defensive line. Well, Wags, you mentioned uh, the the Packers acquisition uh, of Jaron Reed, and I'll tell you what, I thought that that made the position not as big of a need. Uh, You can never have enough big guys on the defensive line. Um, but the Packers historically will carry five to six defensive linemen. And I'll tell you what, while it, it, you know, it's, it's always nice to have another big guy up front. I actually really like the, the mix of the position group right now. Kenny Clark's your stud. 
Reed's going to be pass rusher, but can kind of do it all along with Dean Lowry. The Packers oftentimes will play two down linemen and add these extra linebackers. Uh, you know, you've got somebody like TJ Slayton, who I think you and I both really, really like, uh, had, I thought, a really strong rookie season for a fifth round guy. He showed a lot of flashes for potential, um, more pass rush, honestly, than I thought we would see from a rookie. Uh, we knew he could stop the run, but it seemed like in limited snap swags, he was out there making plays whenever he was given opportunity. And then we talk about Jack Heflin, as you mentioned, um, I feel like he is um, the heir apparent to somebody like a Tyler Lancaster, Tyler Lancaster, a free agent. Um, I think that Jack is very much um, in the mold of Tyler, but I think actually has a little bit more pass rush upside. And um, that's, that's a compliment, right? Tyler Lancaster earned a lot of snaps over the last few seasons. I think Jack Heflin could fill that role. So what I think we're looking at is, Um, You know, we'll probably have a couple more defensive linemen between the draft and undrafted free agents to to have enough bodies and guys kind of competing in camp. But the question becomes, do they use that really, really high draft capital and try to fill uh, that defensive line role? Or do they go with the veteran young guy mix and then maybe add a guy a little bit later as, you know, kind of their their. guy to make a splash this year a la TJ Slayton last season and that's what we're really going to be looking at I think here but there's some talent in this defensive line group I wouldn't say it's the deepest uh, of the position groups there's a lot of other uh, deeper position groups in the draft this season but there's definitely some talented guys here and I think that that's what we'll look at today for sure. And uh, I think while there's some talent on the Packers defensive line group as well, I think a part of why I expect they might uh, go early on defensive line is Dean Lowry is going into the last year of his deal. We mentioned Taron Reed, uh, short-term contract. Uh, a lot of times our front office likes to get a year ahead and uh, bring someone in. Um, you know, So we've got TJ Slayton. Uh, and Jack Heflin that are going to continue to develop, I think, uh, expand their roles, hopefully, if they can take a, a step forward in year two. Uh, but it wouldn't hurt to have kind of a a guy that might project as more of a high impact level talent uh, that can come along and uh, be ready, hopefully, to replace some of those guys by next year uh, if he's not already putting in a bunch of snaps this season. So uh, that's kind of where we stand with this defensive line group as we look at this draft class. So Dane, um, what we're doing here, folks, is uh, we're going to, we're not doing our own rankings here. Uh, We uh, are are using consensus um, uh, draft rankings uh, for this defensive line. And uh, I really like doing that because there's a a lot of variance, especially with this position group, depending on, uh, you know, what draft expert uh, you're looking at. Um, So uh, we're just going to look at some of the top guys, like you said, Dane, and it all starts Um, with Jordan Davis uh, from Georgia. And uh, this is just a monster of a man. So Dane, what do you, uh, are you able to tell us about Jordan Davis? And um, he's probably someone that might be taken uh, before the Packers select at 22, but you never know um, with the capital that we have, if he's someone that Packers really like, and he starts to fall into the middle of the first round, uh, you never know if the Packers are going to target to move up in a trade. So um, what can you tell us about Jordan Davis? Yeah, Wags. I mean, so Davis, 
maybe nobody has risen uh, through through the last month or so as quickly as Jordan Davis did after the the NFL Combine. I thought that he really improved his draft stock. Um, he's the guy that everybody's talking about because big man's what two hundred or what three hundred and forty pounds, and he ran a four seven eight forty. Unbelievable time. He showed a lot of athleticism there. I mean, Wags, that's faster than some tight ends in this league. So, um, you know, a really incredible uh, display by him. And it definitely made people's head turn, right? And and I think that that's, that's the first thing that we need to talk about with him. Uh, he's got those really long arms, too, that you love to see uh, at, the, uh, at the NFL level. Because, folks, defensive linemen – it's all about separation. It's about separating yourself from the offensive lineman and being able to read the plays and make a play. And uh, that's something that this young man really, really, um, you know, is able to do. And that's why he's very likely, as you mentioned, Wangs, he's going to be going very, very early. I mean, one of the things that I've read from a lot of scouts is that he, he controls blocks really well. Of course he does. His arms are so dang long. Um, you know, he better be able to. They're not going to be able to get inside and consume him. Um, so, you know, I, I think that while that's all fantastic, there's also downsides to somebody like him. And, and something that I have a big question mark on, he doesn't play a lot of snaps, or at least he didn't in college. Um, I was reading that he played less than half of the defensive snaps for Georgia. Um, that is you know, a little bit of a red flag for me. And I think part of the reason that's the case is because he's not really a strong pass rusher. So our team's going to be drafting this guy coming in here to be really a two down player um, that there's potential that that's the case for somebody like a Jordan Davis. Don't get me wrong. Those two out of every three downs, he's going to be tremendous. He is. I, I, I have no doubt, um, you know, run stuffing guys and, and the way that this league's going for a while there, we saw a trend where a lot of the defensive linemen were a little undersized and it was more of a speed game. Now we're starting to see uh, a trend back to maybe some of that more traditional stuff that we saw in the late nineties, early two thousands, where you have that big defensive lineman in the middle anchoring the defense. So somebody's going to draft Jordan Davis. Somebody's really going to like Jordan Davis. The question becomes, is he a guy wags that is going to be a value in the early to mid first round or, you know, and that's where you have to start to weigh those options. If I'm the green Bay Packers with some of the other needs uh, based on, on different position groups, I may not be all that interested in trading draft capital to go up to get Jordan Davis. That's not a knock against Jordan Davis necessarily, but if you're going to be trading up in the first round to get somebody like him, he better be able to rush that passer a little bit. And I'm just not sure if he's there right now. Defensive line notorious for being a position group where it takes time to develop as well. And, you know, just, I'm not sure if that's really where the Packers are going to be landing on Jordan Davis. Tremendous player, tremendous talent, has a lot of upside, but there are some red flags there. And that makes me a little squeamish for the Packers to reach and go get somebody like him in this draft. Yeah, Dane, I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how the Packers board works its way out because um, certainly they're going to surprise folks like they always do. But with having so many selections, it really gives them a lot of versatility. Uh, do they want to move up? Do they want to stand pat? Um, 
you know, they're they're not going to just draft for need, but I don't expect them to be drafting quarterback in the first round again this year. So uh, there's there's a there's certainly a balance. Jordan Davis is certainly someone that has a lot of upside. Um, but this is an interesting draft with the defensive line. Uh, there's some years that you, you see it's top heavy and you can see two, three, four guys go in the first 20, 25 picks this year. Jordan Davis is really the only one right now that's projected to be a top 15 pick. So um, it's going to be interesting to see what teams trend towards and, and how that all plays out. Uh, does that help his stock or does the defensive line group as a whole kind of get pushed down further in the draft position? Wakes, can I ask you a question? I know you've got some really good insight on the next guy we're going to be talking about here in a second, but does it make you nervous at all when you have these guys that just like fly up the draft board uh, after a good combine? Because with all due respect, like it's incredible athleticism, what he displayed, but like how often are we seeing a defensive lineman need to run a four, seven, if, if he needs to run a four, seven there might be bigger problems at hand on the football field. So I, I ask you, you know, is that a little inflated for somebody like him? Of course you're going to talk about it, but like, is it tangible to football? Really? With the guys up front, uh, I'm more concerned about, you know, how how strong they are. I want to see their tape. I want to see how explosive they are off the line of scrimmage. I could care less how how long it takes them to sprint 40 yards downfield. Dane, we've got bigger problems. If our defensive lineman is uh, is the one that's uh, making the tackles in a pursuit drill. Uh, so I, I just, uh, I couldn't agree with you more um, at cornerback, receiver, you know, running back, maybe we can care a little bit more about some of those intangibles, but you're so right. That's why I don't like watching combine tape because, uh, or like senior bowl videos, things like that. I just want to see them play football. Um, and what do they look like in pads? Uh, and what are they doing one-on-one? -on -one? Uh, because uh, with this defensive line, that's really all that matters to me. Um, so, Dane, uh, just looking ahead, then next guy that we uh, had in our rankings is uh, going to be um, um, Devontae Wyatt, also out of Georgia. And uh, uh, Devontae is a guy that uh, high motor, uh, very explosive, maybe a little bit undersized for uh, a traditional defensive lineman, especially in a 3 4. Uh, so, I don't know if the fit is going to be the best for a guy like Devontae Wyatt right off the bat with the Packers. Um, however, uh, you're looking at a guy that really um, just has uh, uh, very good leverage, um, is able to uh, win that one-on-one, -on -one, get off blocks extremely well. Um, and he's someone that I really like as an athlete. Um, he just has uh, um, a lot of closing uh, quickness and some twitch. Um, so he, to me, uh, looks like someone that could be uh, kind of a higher upside Kingsley Kiki. Um, Kingsley Kiki, of course, is someone that unfortunately we had some hopes for, uh, but didn't really work out uh, as he ended up getting cut last offseason. Uh, but Devontae Wyatt has the measurables. Um, I do question how much uh, he has in terms of gap control in some of the film that we've seen. Um, he tends to, uh, you know, go for the big play a little bit more than I'd like. I don't know if that's um, just uh, part of the defense that he was playing on. Georgia, of course, was probably arguably the top defensive unit 
in the country last year and uh, just athletes at every position. So you can probably afford to gamble a little bit more at the college level, um, at the professional level. He's going to have to prove that he can uh, control gap discipline a little bit better, especially playing along that defensive line. So this is not a guy that's going to be in the three technique. Um, he will be lined up kind of uh, on the outside on the defensive line. Um, probably needs to put on a little bit more weight. Uh, but uh, definitely uh, someone to watch out for, especially late in the first round, maybe with the second of their first round picks. If he's there at 28, he could be someone the Packers are looking closely at. Hey, Wags. So you mentioned that. And so, folks, there was not an air there. This is the second Georgia guy in a row we're talking about. How much do you think they fed off each other? Um, you know, would that be a cause of concern? I mean, you know, when you have talent next to you, it makes you look better too. And I'm not trying to take anything away. I didn't watch every Georgia Bulldogs football game, but you know, I, do you think that there's little cause for concern there? Uh, and, and sorry folks to sound, you know, tentative and hesitant with some of these guys, but we're talking premium draft picks with these first two guys that we're talking about. And you can't really miss in this league that often when we're talking premium picks. So I ask you, uh, how much of this is because Jordan Davis was eating up blockers on his end? That's a great question, Dane. And I mean, it's one of those things that you have to really look at because um, it's like the Alabama guys for years. Yeah. They they come out basically a finished product. So how much more upside do you think that they might have? Um, so that's that's something that you have to look at. They're used to playing with guys that are going to be playing on Sunday at basically every position group across that defense. And um, one thing I will say is um, Devontae Wyatt uh, put on some weight over the course mm -hmm. of his uh, college career. So he's filled out his frame. Um, I think uh, certainly is someone uh, that um, playing next to Kenny Clark, <laughs> uh, playing next to Taron Reed, those guys can get off blocks and rush the passer. Um, I, I think it's fair to say that if you throw someone like him in there in that group and he, um, it, it plays at a high level the way he did in college. He will continue to be playing next to guys that can be disruptive. So um, I, I wouldn't be overly concerned about that, but it's certainly a factor uh, whenever you evaluate and look at these guys is um, individually versus team, how much uh, more can you expect from them at the next level? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Anything else you have on him? Otherwise, I, I'd be happy to move on to DeMarvin Leal, who I know is another guy that we've been looking a lot at. Uh, Texas A&M product. Um, you know, here's what I like about him right off the bat. Um, the Packers, Oh, it doesn't matter if we're talking offensive line or defensive line or linebacker, or whatever, uh, and we're seeing it with the cornerback room right now with Razul and, and, uh, and, and Jair and, um, and Stokes, we like guys that provide flexibility to the team and that can do a little bit of everything. Leal is that guy, incredibly versatile athlete in college. Uh, at times, uh, the, the, the Aggies there, they allowed for him to play inside. At other times, he was going to be a little bit, um, a little bit on the outside, and this is what I like about him. He's a really good pass rusher on the inside, and that's really appealing to me because Wags, I would love to see Kenny Clark be able to widen out a little bit and have somebody like Demarvin uh, Leal pin his ears back and get after it and get some of that extra push on the inside. Um, you know, 
frankly, it's needed, right? So I look at somebody like him. I really like uh, the the, um, the flexibility, and I'm sure the Packers like that as well. That being said, a little bit of a concern that I have here is is really strength. Um, you know, I, I think at times he's had a hard time. He's gotten eaten up by blockers. I watched some tape on him where he looks really, really good, but a little bit up and down, a little bit inconsistent here. And that's why he's not likely to be a top 15 or 20 pick, right? I, I would expect him to be more of a second round guy at this point. Um, but, you know, strength and power and being able to shed these blockers are all things that I think are fixable, workable things. Uh, but if um, where I think he really projects at the NFL level is more inside and in the interior than the outside. And if that's the case, he's just going to need to get a little bit stronger. Uh, Then he's going to be able to kind of get away with a little bit more on the inside. The pass rush is there, but the strength, if he's playing primarily in the inside, we're going to need a little bit more on that. And that again is why he won't be probably a first day guy, but I would not be surprised at all if Leal goes off the board early to mid day two. And, um, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to contribute right away at the NFL level Uh, for a team like the Packers. You're not relying on him to be playing 40 plus snaps a game, right? He'd be a rotational defensive lineman. So while I don't see the Packers very, I I think it's very unlikely they use a day one pick on a defensive lineman. I could definitely see the Packers, um, you know, using a day two pick on somebody like Leal. I think that he fits their scheme a little bit more than the first two guys that we talked about. And just the ability to play inside and outside gives the Packers different looks, something that they love to do. Yeah, I completely agree. And yeah, we're, we're certainly looking at uh, already day two guys here with the third, third um, uh, one that we're looking at. And um, I think this is where the value starts to come in and and not to give away the lead on this, but I completely agree with you that the Packers, um, I, I, don't think they're going to take a, a defensive lineman with their first two first round picks either. Uh, but uh, I've certainly been surprised before. Uh, I, and once we start getting into some of these guys um, with, with Leo being the first, I think we start to get a little bit more value um, if there any of them fall uh, into their laps uh, with one of their two second round picks or even into the third round, uh, mm-hmm. perhaps with a couple of these guys that we'll get to as well. Um, and so you can still get um, some, some pretty uh, high impact um, athleticism and potential um, on this defensive line um, on the second or third day, which normally doesn't happen uh, with this position right. group, but because uh, it's missing some of that top line talent, perhaps, as a whole defensive line doesn't get prioritized by as many teams uh, on day one. Um, and uh, so I think the Packers could be active in the second round uh, with picking one of these guys up for sure. So uh, Dane, uh, then the next guy we were looking at um, that I had is Travis Jones out of UConn. Um, and, and wait, should we hold that thought until we hear from our sponsor? I think we should. Thank you for reminding me, Dane. <laughs> Let's talk about our sponsor, DraftKings Sportsbook, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And of course, it's March Madness. Still, we've got the championship Ooh. game last night. Dane, I, for one, was happy to see Duke go home uh, mm. yesterday. So um, I don't know if you or Andrea have any picks for tomorrow night's game. Uh, But um, we've got a nice deal here with college basketball for one more day. So it's a good time to jump in on it. 
Wags, are you still bitter from the 2015 loss to uh, to uh, Duke, Wisconsin's loss in the championship game? I am. Me too. Yeah. I am too. I was glad to see him go home too. <laughs> um, and, and I'll tell you what, um, we're riding the North Carolina wave here in the Verisi home. And I'll tell you what, DraftKings, promo code TPPN. I say it, but y'all need to hear this. My wife never had used DraftKings prior to uh, them sponsoring this program. She learned about the DraftKings Sportsbook, and she's been having a heck of a lot of fun. Um, since then, she bet a ton on football every single week, uh, you know, all through the, the the season. Not on Packer games. We don't do that in this house. But everywhere else, she was enjoying some fantasy football. Now we've moved to basketball uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I think, Monday night, and we're going to be riding North Carolina. But, folks, because of promo code TPPN, able to get some free bets back, uh, all because DraftKings Sportsbook and how great they are. Uh, they want to bring you in. It makes the games even that much more enjoyable. Last night's game was fun. It was even more fun using DraftKings Sportsbook and making a little bit of money on Duke's loss. All right, so download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets. If they do, if they win, you win with promo code TPPN. This week at DraftKings Sportsbook, 21-plus restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, so, Dane, thank you for reminding me uh, to get in our sponsor there. Um, So, talking Travis Jones, then. Uh, big man from UConn. This is definitely uh, a guy that projects to be in the three technique. So um, could be someone that they bring in. Move. He would move around the defensive line, certainly, um, if he can be impactful, uh, particularly in early downs. Uh, perhaps he gets out there and lines up next to Kenny Clark if the Packers wanted to bring him in. Um, I really like this guy. Really, uh, as a run stuffer, uh, he could help this Packer defensive line a lot. Um, huge, powerful guy, um, 6'4", almost 330 pounds. Um, so that's a lot of, of mass to try to move off the middle. And um, uh, he's got just really, really powerful hands. Uh, I, I think one of the things that I like about him is he does know how to leverage his body really well, just looking at some of the highlight videos. And um, he uh, uses uh, his ability uh, to get downhill. And um, and uh, he even can, can really stuff the run right in the middle. So um, when, when you're looking at um, the guy like Travis Jones, certainly um, UConn is not in, you know, a high end conference, but um, he is able to get upfield pressure up the middle. Um, that can be extremely disruptive, especially at the NFL level. At college level, sometimes you don't see that disruption as much uh, just because uh, the talent across the rest of the defensive line may not necessarily be there. Um, it's easier to get around. But at the NFL level, um, with pressure coming from multiple angles, uh, as, as we can see in some of these highlight videos, um, Travis Jones is someone um, that is just a load uh, to try to get off of. And I, I think – um, is uh, certainly someone that I would uh, like to see in the green and gold. Um, one thing that I would 
say maybe a, a little bit of a con or a downside with Travis Jones is he at times in some of the video I've seen has had a little bit of a hard time getting off blocks. Um, and mm. so he may not be the guy that's going to make a lot of plays at the line of scrimmage. He'll eat up those blockers. Uh, but um, he's probably not going to be someone that you're going to rely on uh, to get those tackles for a loss. Um, isn't going to come up with a lot of sacks on his own. Um, so uh, he's primarily, again, more of a run stuffing um, three technique uh, defensive lineman, but, a lot of things to like with Travis Jones. Um, he's got the size. Um, he's got, um, you know, he, he's got the durability. Uh, he was on the field defensively uh, pretty much every play last season for UConn. Um, so you know that he uh, has a high motor and uh, can, can give you a lot of snaps if he's called upon to do that as well. So um, Travis Jones, uh, again, someone to probably look at on day two um, with one of the Packers second round picks. If he slips down into that range, um, I think he would be someone Packers might definitely be taking a close look at as well. That's good insight. And and I, I actually, I really like him Wags. I, I think that he, he looks really explosive and powerful uh, off the line, the scrimmage. And I think that that's just, that's really good. He seems to have that quick twitch. That's great. Um, Listen, I, I was looking at one other uh, player here on my end that I wanted to highlight today um, as well. And uh, his name's Perry and Winfrey. He's a, another defensive lineman, of course. Um, but th- this young man from Oklahoma, uh, excuse me, Oklahoma, right away, what I like about him is he, I watched, a, I, I actually watched quite a bit of him today. And he's a high motor guy. He's a guy that absolutely gets after it. There does not seem to be a lot of quit in him. And he's somebody that if he slipped to the third round wags, which there's definitely a possibility, I'm screaming at the TV saying, let's go get this guy because I think that he could be another really good rotational piece that long-term, you know, you talked about some of the short-term guys that, you know, some of the vets long-term, I could see a scenario where hearing Winfrey, Kenny Clark, um, TJ Slayton and, and Jack Heflin, right? Some of these young guys together could really create some heat. So I really like him. Um, you know, he doesn't necessarily have the best run defense right now, um, but I think that that's something that will get better long-term for him. He's an athlete. Uh, there's no doubt about it. He's a 300-pound guy running a 4.8940, so he can definitely hustle. Uh, and I just, I like that. And, and Wags, what we've seen over the last few years with Goody and this Packers front office, um, one of the big indicators for the Packers has not been, you know, the visits. It hasn't been all the smoke. Where it really comes into play is, are they athletic? Are they guys that can get after it? That's something that we see time and again. We saw it with Jair. We've seen it with Stokes. Um, we see, seen it with Rashawn Gary and, you know, Alton Jenkins, the list goes on and on where the Packers really, really value, um, you know, athleticism uh, in the draft and guys that can just, you know, really do a lot of different things. So I, I think that he's, he's another guy um, that 
really shows an ability to be flexible, play across the defensive line. Um, and, you know, again, um, just different kind of availability is good. Um, I, what I like about him as well, I said that he's a hard worker, but he's a junior college transfer, came came over to uh, Oklahoma. I believe it was back in 2020. I was doing my research on him. Uh, he's he just a guy who was able to work his way in and really become a leader on this defense. He had five sacks last season, so he was productive um, in his time there in Oklahoma. Uh, he's definitely a disruptive player. He's more of a pass rusher as far as I'm concerned, but I like that. Um, I wouldn't be against the Packers adding another pass rusher to this defensive line if that's the route that they end up going. So uh, just somebody to look out for is Winfrey. I don't think he's a day two guy unless a team really reaches for him. I don't think that's the right fit. But in day three, uh, Wegg's third round has not been the Packers' friend over the last few years. I think they could end that kind of bad streak by getting somebody like Winfrey. I think that he's, you know, there's no sure things in the draft, but I do think he's going to prove over the course of his career to be a solid defensive lineman uh, in the NFL. And he's going to be a guy who sticks with a club for four or five years at the very, very least. I really do think that. So keep an eye on Winfrey. I think he's going to be a good football player. And, and you know, if he lands in the Packers lap, he's somebody that they absolutely need to consider in the third round. I agree. Uh, this guy, when you look at his tape, he has some of that old school physicality. Yes. He just pops out a little bit on tape. Uh, and um, I, I think, Plays with a little bit of a nastiness, a high motor guy. Um, I, I think there's definitely room for that uh, on the defensive line. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe as you alluded to, uh, if he was more in that 6'5", uh, 320 range, he'd probably be a first-round pick. Uh, yeah. But uh, just uh, not necessarily undersized, but uh, hasn't filled out to the level that you'd like like um, for an NFL defensive lineman, particularly on a 3'4". Uh, but um, certainly has uh, the uh, the frame to add additional weight, um, and with the uh, you know with the uh, speed that he gets off the line and the physicality that he plays at, uh, I think you're right, Dane. He's definitely someone that if he slips and falls to the Packers, um, I would be very very happy to have uh, in Green Bay. So uh, last guy that we're looking at in terms of uh, just uh, top. Uh, five or six guys in this uh, defensive line group um, is uh, going to be uh, Logan Hall out of Houston. Mm -hmm. Uh, Logan Hall uh, is a guy that um, tall, uh, kind of a a little bit undersized in terms of weight, um, more slender, uh, someone that uh, started as an edge uh, in his uh, college career, uh, 225 pounds, filled out over his four-year career at Houston uh, listed a, a, as 283 pounds. So definitely would need to put on uh, some weight to be, play in a, a, th- a three, four defensive line at the NFL level. But um, I'll tell you what, Dane, uh, he's able to leverage that size extremely well. Um, he's someone that, uh, again, actually, I think pops out uh, with some of his physicality as well. Uh, when you look at some of the tape and honestly, um, I, I think gives some of the length uh, up front that the Packers uh, maybe have been missing at times. Um, 
Logan Hall probably is not going to be someone that you'd bring in uh, to uh, primarily help against the run right away. So I think it mm-hmm. sort of depends what the Packers are looking for if they want to invest in this defensive line group um, early. Is Are they looking for someone that can uh, be disruptive against the pass um, or is going to really slot in on early downs and be able to uh, help mm-hmm. against the run? Um, so we can see here that uh, uh, Logan Hall is someone um, similar, I, I think, um, uh, to some of the other guys that we talked about that uh, has some upside, uh, certainly could fill out his frame quite a bit more, probably could put on a, an additional 30 pounds easily, um, has that uh, sub 4.9 40-yard dash speed, uh, which we both said is so important for our defensive linemen. Uh, but the dude uh, can definitely uh, be disruptive at the point of attack. Uh, has those long arms. Um, I think gets off the blocks pretty decently uh, and is able to uh, uh, contribute uh, as a, a guy that's making plays at the line of scrimmage as well. So um, definitely someone to look out for. I, I don't think he's going to be um, right now um, going to be one of their first second round picks. But if he falls to them in the third round, um, yeah. I'd be thrilled. Another guy I'd be thrilled to pick up um, uh, in the third round, uh, perhaps with the second of their second round picks. If he's someone that they're really enamored by and feel like he has um, some uh, high end potential as well. Love it. No, that's great. I, I think that's great. Um, a great comp there too. I, I think that's really good. Um, do you have any sleepers, Wags? We do. And Dane, I, I don't want to give away the lead because we were texting before we jumped on. We were both going to have uh, a, a sleeper. And guess what, folks? We ended up with the same guy. So yeah, no it, collusion, by the way. Yeah, Completely yeah. happenstance. But I'll cool. tell you what, when you read his profile, um, Dane, he is just screams Green Bay, doesn't he? Uh, both of us were talking about uh, Otito Ag. I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name. Obonia. Obonia. Oh, thank you. And yeah. he's out of UCLA. And I'll tell you what, um, this guy, he just, uh, everything when you, you look at is just, uh, he just seems like the typical type of player that the Packers would try to pick up. Um, definitely someone that might be more in that um, uh, late round three to possibly even falling into a round five type mm-hmm. player. Uh, but Dane, what can you tell us about Otito and and why both of us liked him so much. I mean, first of all, UCLA guy, Packers historically, I mean, off the top of my head, Kenny Clark, Chris Barnes are two guys, right, on the defensive side. The Packers have gravitated to some of these UCLA guys over the last couple of seasons. Um, But Wags, I love it. He's 21 years old. Um, so still a young guy. If you all remember, Kenny Clark was drafted. I think he was 20. The Packers kind of have a history of kind of going with some of the young guys at times as well. Um, he's got a huge, 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 he's got an 82 inch wingspan. So we talk about, um, those long arms. I absolutely adore seeing that kind of thing out of our defensive linemen, um, he, I mean, and with those, that wingspan, I, I, he's listed at being able to bench 440 pounds. Unreal strength for a guy with that kind of length, Um, you know, squatting nearly 700 pounds. He's just a guy who seems like a very, very good athlete as well. He's a former power lifter, Um, but I I like what he's able to do. I think he's more of an early down rotational guy who's going to be able to just put his hand in the dirt and, you know, try to move him kind of player. But the Packers have needed that over the last 
couple of seasons, we've seen teams at times be able to kind of gut the Packers through the inside uh, of their defense. So I really like uh, the the idea of having him alongside somebody like a, a, a TJ Slayton and a Kenny Clark on some of those third and shorts, right? Or or on some of those early um, early down in distances where you have a you know a, an ability to stop the run game. I just think that over the course uh, of uh, what we've seen out of the Packers and what they're interested in, somebody like Abonia just really fits the profile of what the Packers are looking for. I mean, he's not perfect, right? He's not perfect. I don't. But he's somebody that I think would come in a little bit later in the draft and, and be somebody who um, you know you're going to get quality snaps for him. And much like TJ Slayton, frankly, I know I keep mentioning him. He was a fifth round pick last year that played really well. If you can get value out of guys later on fourth round and later um, in the rookie year, you're doing something right. And I just think that he could be a guy who comes in and contributes 15 to 20 snaps a game and, and just, you know, does the things that need to be done and has the ability to grow from there. So um, somebody to keep an eye on later in the draft. He just fits that Green Bay profile so well. For sure. Um, he's someone that obviously just very intelligent, um, was uh, on the athletic director's honor roll seven times when he was at UCLA, which is certainly a, a high-end academic school as well. Um, one of, Some of the knocks on him doesn't necessarily always have a high-end explosiveness. He's a little bit raw from a, his technique. Um, I'm not sure how early he came into football, but um, I certainly if he's someone that, you know, you can work with and, and he can uh, improve some of that technique, um, he's not someone that I would expect to come in and contribute uh, at a high impact level right away, uh, but uh, perhaps uh, kind of a diamond in the rough. If the Packers want to punt on taking D-line early, mm-hmm. uh, perhaps he could be someone to be looking at uh, later on in the draft as well. So, um, Dane, any other guys that you wanted to mention? I think, uh, again, we wanted to focus more on um, defensive line prospects that are projected to go um, on the first two days at this point in time. Um, and um, certainly a position group, as we said, that would not be surprised at all if the Packers expend one of those top five picks on a defensive lineman. Yeah, no, I, I think that we covered some of the top line stuff. Obviously, wait, so we're going to be doing, and folks, we're going to be doing uh, other position groups of interest over the course of the next couple of weeks leading into the draft. So if you like this, please keep listening. Um, you know, we're just getting started on this type of thing. And obviously, post draft, we are going to be doing deep dive on whoever the Green Bay Packers select. But it's always fun to be able to talk about some of these young guys coming into the league. And you never know. Um, every once in a while, Wags and I here are right, and we actually land a guy that we think. So, um, you know, who knows? Maybe we we land one of these guys this time. Yeah, you name enough of them, we can be right eventually, right, Dane? So, <laughs> That's right. Um, absolutely. So I think that does it for tonight. Uh, folks, thanks so much for jumping on and joining us. As always, be legendary and go pack go. Go pack go. Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll leave it with your good luck. Only thing I will say.